Which is why he's gonna get that password by impersonating the Joker. And Wade'll make it a load of me. <laughs> nice Nicholson, yo! Security, what do you want? My face on the one dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, let me try my Heath Ledger. Who is this? Who am I? I'm an agent of chaos. Oh, it's you, Joker. I'm so sorry I questioned you. Relax. Why so serious? I just don't want you to fire me. Oh, I'm not gonna fire you. I'm just gonna hurt you. Really, really bad. <laughs> Wait a second. This isn't the Joker. What do you think you're doing, bro? Duh, Jared Leto. <laughs> Jared Leto? You can't just put on some tattoos and some fake teeth and make me think that you're some kind of crazy person. Then no one is buying it. Your impression is horrible, Robin. I'm sending down some men. Great. Now I just gotta convince these fools eyes the Joker by doing my best Mark Hamill. Listen, you numbskull, this is the Joker. And if you don't give me the password to this gate right now, I'm gonna hunt you down and feed you to my hyenas. Understood, sir. The password is Jingle Bells Batman Smells 1939. It worked! See, Mama, easy peasy. the fourth mother box on this friday july what is it is it the 30th yet i have no idea what day it is all i know is on sunday i'm moving to florida but everybody my name is tom oakery uh your co-host as always and joining me as always is the man that um once led a puking mike norat through bachelor grove cemetery uh kyle cosentino kyle how the hell are you today ha, i remember that i <laughs> am just well yeah so if the listeners recall from our last episode when mike joined um do you recall that night like like he was just puking hacking up a storm going through bachelor's grove man that was that was kind of nuts yeah so we should give a little background to this story uh for those listeners who don't know bachelor's grove it would probably be like the non-illinois people that listen if that if we truly have non-illinois listeners (laughs) um the Bachelor's Grove is pretty notorious in the Chicagoland area of being a haunted cemetery. So one late night, uh, myself, Tom, Mike, and a couple of other people decided to sneak in there at night to see what what kind of ghosts were uh, in in the cemetery roaming around at night. I don't think there was any Scottish ghosts because they were yeah. out fight, fighting Indiana Jones. But... Uh, I don't know what happened with that night, but somehow we decided that Mike and I were just going to go in because, and Tom, I'll let you fill in your part of that, but I, somehow Mike and I decided we were going to go in. And for some reason, Mike, we, we would walk a block and Mike kept puking. And I was like, <laughs> what's going on here? And I don't even remember, maybe we should ask him like that's last weekend, uh, but I don't know why he kept puking. I mean, like, I don't think walking a block was too much exercise or something, but I don't know. It was still funny as hell. 
let's just assume that Mike walked too much and that's why he puked. No, but Mike, when you listen to this, we want to know why he puked so much that night at Bachelor's Girl. But yeah, I stayed behind because the person we were with was just uh, kind of just having a moment. They didn't want to go in. They were freaked out. You know, there were stories about Bachelor's Girl. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll just stay back. Kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Hey, I remember that. That's yeah. right. So, um, so, yeah. So, fun story. Fun kick it off. But, um, Boy, and boy, we, we're going to talk a lot of Suicide Squad today because a week from today, the Suicide Squad will be releasing in theaters and on HBO Max. Um, uh, today, actually, holy, speaking about movies, um, our guy The Rock's Jungle Cruise released. Um, any plans to watch that? I already have my tickets for Sunday. Hey, Sunday. there we go. I can't wait. Awesome. Can't wait. Good. Seen it in the theaters. Perfect. It, by like, the way, see that uh, The Rock makes that waterfall joke in the trailer. I did. And, and I, it would have been very disappointing if they didn't have the backside of water joke in the jungle cruise movie. That would have been a poor call, but I'm glad that they went with it. Uh, I would have liked to have probably seen that on the movie, but I get why you put it in the teaser trailer. So I get it. Aren't they doing a haunted mansion movie too? At some point, I was just thinking about this. They're like rebooting that or something. They are, they are doing a, a re boot on a haunted mansion movie and i know i believe it just got its director or the writer for the script something something crazy but yeah that's that is most definitely in the works man i can't wait for that one i i never saw the original eddie murphy one and i don't know why because that's like one of my favorite rides at disney world and and eddie, eddie murphy is hilarious and I, I don't know i don't know why i didn't see it i should go yeah, back I, and watch yeah it's on disney plus um so uh, Jungle Cruise is also on Disney Plus, and I think if Courtney and I aren't doing anything after this podcast, I think I might actually do the premiere access for Jungle Cruise. Um, so both of you and I, once we connect when I'm in Florida, we can talk about it and give it a review on next episode. But uh, there's a ton, a ton of news uh, that's come out this week. Specifically, first and foremost, there's some mentions of casting in Batgirl. There's... Um, you know, news on The Flash. Uh, there's some Black Adam commentary. Uh, news about Peacemaker. Margot Robbie made a quote. So let's just jump right into it with DC. So, Kyle, you and I were talking about this earlier this week. Um, so there was a Batfleck stuntman seen on the set of the Flash movie in Glasgow. Um, at least assuming, we're assuming it's Affleck stunt double. Everybody's assuming it is because it it he's got the right ears. It looks exactly like that. And we've already been... It's already been confirmed. We know Ben Affleck's Batman is reprising his role in The Flash, uh, set to come out next year. Um, but on a more somber note, filming has actually been put on the halt, uh, put on a halt rather, on The Flash due to an accident with the Batpod stuntman and the cameraman. So, what do you make of those pretty cool scenes? You know, there was a leaked video footage of the Batpod racing through, which looks badass. Oh man, I was really excited to see that. And this might be one of my favorite DC movies because you get two Batman in it and that bat pod looks fucking awesome. Um, I can't wait. And it just seems like there's so much good content in there in there already. And we haven't even seen a trailer. Um, just it's it's what DC should be doing. I mean, for fuck's sake, you know, man, give the people what you want, what what they want. And they are they're really selling this film. So I'm really excited. They are. They're really pumping the flash up. And I'm, I'm, you know, it seems like this behind the scenes footage that we're almost getting on a weekly basis from this movie is just just getting leaked a little too easily. 
And it's like, is Warner Brothers, is DC doing this on purpose just to spread the hype up for the film? You know, I hate being spoiled by things, but I can't not check this out and getting more and more hyped for The Flash. So, you know, the fact that you're not rushing to take this down, Warner Brothers in DC, you know, it's leaving my hype, you know, very, very high. And and I, I feel like this movie is going to be the event movie for DC next year outside of the Batman, maybe. But it's if you're going to reset timelines, if you're going to introduce multiverses, just yeah, I'm excited. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm. Well, I was just going to say that the one thing that I can't wait to see, and, and I'm, and I don't care if they spoil it because I'm like foaming at the mouth. Like, I want to see Keaton suited up in in the OG Batman costume, or as like an updated version of it, because this character, his his Batman has been around, came out like during our childhood, like right when we were born, and it's been part of our lives ever since, and. A part of me is going to like it just it's going to get me in all the feels. It's kind of like The Force Awakens when you see Han Solo and Chewie for the first time. It just yeah. gets you all in all the feels. And I, I can't wait for that. I really can. No, it's 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 going to be really freaking cool. And Winston's just as excited about it um, as yeah. you heard. <laughs> um, I like how he chimes in every once in a while. He's yeah, he chimes in every once in a while. And, and viewers are viewers, listeners. You have to you have to bear with me. I'm in an a rather empty house um, before we move on Sunday. So I'm in my bedroom right now and there's a, our, our real estate agent who's renting our, our property manager is renting our house out is dropping the lockbox by. So lots of stuff going on, but we forge on on the fourth mother box, damn it. Because just, just because my house is turning into apocalypse doesn't mean we have to. So yes, tons of spectacular stuff coming out of the flash. Um, but this next bit of news we got out of DC actually surprised me for the better um and i really 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 want to know your thoughts but rumor is jk simmons is reprising his role as commissioner gordon in the batgirl movie for hbo max so that right away like oh my god so batgirls in the snyderverse i wonder i i you know i love jk simmons i mean i think he's he is my absolute favorite as J. Jonah Jameson. I mean, there's nobody else that can do that role. That's like a Robert Downey Jr. casting right there. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to I, I hope that's the case. I hope he's a part of it. It would be really cool. I think it would add a really cool element. I know Jeffrey Wright, I believe his name is, and the Batman. He's a good actor, so I, I definitely believe he's going to do really well with that role. So, I, I mean, I think it's great. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to. So that means they're keeping the Snyderverse alive because you just just don't recast the same actor that you used in the Justice League, both Justice League films. You know, make it at that Justice League and the Snyder Cut. Uh, but we know the Snyder Cut to be the canon version. Thank you. So, so I, I guess it kind of brings up my sort of problem again. Is all right, no more Ginger Batgirl. So we're we're getting a recast on the redhead and. My my ginger ass can't can't you know see the the few heroes that we got out there or the or the, or the few villains so so I don't know you know of course I'm still very much excited for it and the the red hair thing could be very nitpicky but damn it we need us redheads need to stand up and uh, you too diet ginger over there. So I was going to ask, um, do you feel like would you be satisfied if the new Batgirl's hair was dyed red? Or do they have to be like an authentic thoroughbred ginger? 
No, I'd be fine. I, I, I'd honestly be fine if there's some sort of red in it, e- even if they, they make it work to get the more classic version. Uh, of course, it's not a make or break for me to go see the movie, but um, as a redhead myself, I, I, I'd i be fine with a dye job, you know, ultimately. I don't care. Is, is he, like, truly, like, a, a redhead? Because you ever notice how, like, some people, they're really defined by their hair color? Like, you, you take the Weasleys in Harry Potter or Mary Jane Watson in Spider-Man. I mean, those are or Ariel, really. I mean, they're really defined. Jimmy Olsen. By, yeah. no, not so much, but well, Jimmy I, yeah, Olsen's I a ginger. That. Give it to me. Yeah, I, Jimmy I Olsen's a red. I can see that, but it seems like you know, I don't know. Do you think Batgirl's one of those people that's really defined by their hair color? Because like we're seeing with Supergirl. Well, then again, that's a different Supergirl, but she's got black hair now. Right. Um, uh, it's in your you're talking about that superhero being defined Batgirl. No, no, I, I really honestly don't think she's defined by being a redhead. It's just kind of a nice, nice to have specifically for me. And, and I know I get up in arms about it and really I, I, I do kind of care, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm still going, I, I'm still going to watch the movie and give my support for it because it's DC and I've heard nothing but good things about the actress that they chose to play Batgirl. And if JK Simmons is coming back as commissioner Gordon, I'm all in. But, you know, well, we are, we got a Batgirl in the past, but that wasn't even connected to Barbara Gordon. I mean, I guess those two films were awful. So do they really even count? Maybe not, but they really don't. Yeah, that was that was uh, was it Alfred's piece? Yeah, Barbara Wilson, I think, was yeah. her name. Yeah. I don't, why the fuck did they do that? Man, yeah, I don't I don't Winston. He is he is pissed He's off excited. in. The oh, the the door to my uh, the room I'm recording in was closed too. So good lord, that dog's voice carries. So Winston is really excited, really pissed off about Batgirl not being a ginger. So but that's all right, you know. On the fourth mother box, you get Kyle's opinions, you get mine, and you get my dog's Winston Winston's opinions. Winston's a ginger too, right? He, he, oh yeah, he, I, he he absolutely is. He's like a. He's a Cavalier King Charles for those people who don't know, and he's he's the Blenheim color, so he's like the pretty much gingery, like red red hair and white. So um, when it, when it's really in the sun, he looks like he's a he's straight a redhead. So good does stuff. He have a... Oh, this dog does not have a soul. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's consistent with every other ginger. Great. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh. So speaking of things in the Snyderverse. Uh, Black Adam, uh, did you see, and I don't think I clued you into this or put this in the notes because I just caught it a few hours ago, but I wanted to read you this quote that a producer on Black Adam, um, uh, what's the name, is skipping me. I know the, I remember the last name was Garcia. I don't think it's Danny Garcia. It, it, it actually might be Danny Garcia. But the quote is, um, when asked specifically, would we ever see Black Adam go toe-to-toe with Henry Cavill's Superman, or at least Superman in general? And the response was, hard to say, but I know that would be incredible if it ever did happen. We certainly know the fans want it. All I can say is that we're always listening to the fans and doing what we can. So this was spoken to Collider and a producer outwardly saying, like, all right, we hear you fans, specifically about that call to want to see Superman go toe-to-toe with Black Adam, because that's what we've all been really pining for ever since they announced the Black Adam movie. The two of them need to collide. So I find this very encouraging, Kyle, that producers are outwardly admitting to hearing what the fans are calling for. You know, could we see more 
you know, movies or stories out there driven by what the people really want instead of what the studios want? You know, I don't know. You know, I feel like if the Snyder Cut has taught us anything is that sometimes companies do listen to their fans because they think that we've been clamoring for that movie since 2017 and we got it. And, you know, we know we both have well established that the WB has misfired quite a bit. But this is one of the good things that they have done and give us that. So I think it is very much about fan service, you know, the kind of like, you know, the fan service element uh, that they're that they can go for every once in a while. But I I hope they do it. I really do, because we need to see that. That would be the coolest thing ever. Maybe they could put it in with like Shazam 3 um, or Shazam fights Black Adam. And then he realizes maybe like he can't beat Black Adam because he's such a Black Adam is such a badass, and then here comes Superman. That would be fucking awesome. However they want to do it, make a whole movie. It, it would write itself. It would write itself. Sure, it absolutely would write itself. Hell yeah. Um, and we all we all want to see it. But and I find that I find I find those comments very very encouraging from a producer of Black Adam. So uh, so we're I, talking about Suicide Squad today. Um, and su- say, I wanted to say though, I'm very glad that The Rock has his hand in it. And that's the last thing I'll say about it. I could not agree more. I'm very excited about that. And I can't wait to see what he gives us in about a year when Black Adam comes out. But with the Suicide Squad, which is coming out next week, we are getting a spinoff show, um, Peacemaker, just known as the Peacemaker, the name of the show, uh, set to debut on January 16th, 2022. So not that far after the Suicide Squad, uh, we're getting the uh, spinoff show starring one John Cena of WWE fame uh, who plays Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad. So I admittedly don't know. I I know jack shit about Peacemaker. I I really don't know too much outside of, you know, what I've seen of him in the trailer and what I've looked a little bit being very foul mouth and, um, you know, kind of a wise ass and swears a lot. Uh, So. You know, sounds like he fits into the Suicide Squad. Um, he, he wears that crazy-looking metal hat thing, but but I guess you know he's a comic book character, so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, do you know much about Peacemaker? Um, I'm, I'm I'm interested. I I don't think John Cena is a terrible actor. I, don't. I like John. I like John Cena. I think um, I like seeing him in movies. I'm glad he's you know kind of transitioned out of the WWE a little bit. I don't know anything about Peacemaker. It's interesting, and, and I, maybe I've said this before, but it seems like this movie, they're using he's using a lot of like kind of unknowns. And what's surprising is I think I read it either today or yesterday that this the reviews are just raving about this movie. Some are saying it's the best DC movie to date, which is, I mean, kind of hard to believe, but it's shocking. It's, it's honestly shocking. I'm I'm very happy though. I can't it makes me really excited for it. I'm incredibly, yeah, I'm incredibly happy about that too. Specifically, given DC's, you know, panning that we've seen in the past from Rotten Tomatoes and the the scores that we see online from critics, and then when fans get a chance, you know, I'm I'm I still, you know, Rotten Tomatoes could have scored the Suicide Squad a negative twelve, and I still would have seen it the day it comes out. So I'm not going to follow anything that they necessarily say. It's great to see the good reviews. It's it's positive because that means people who need to be told it's a good movie will will go see it and will give more support towards it. So hopefully we can get more of those characters because I want as much Harley Quinn as we possibly can get. Uh, you know, uh, specifically Margot Robbie. Uh, she meant mentioning all those uh, these scores on Rotten Tomatoes. 
she made a bold claim that the Suicide Squad might be the greatest comic book film ever made. Uh, we know she's going to take a break from Harley Quinn, but then she also made mention in you know outlets of media when when they were doing the press for the Suicide Squad is that she wants to explore the romantic relationship that Harley Quinn has with Poison Ivy on screen. So lots of big, 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 bold things to say right there. First, you're going to throw out, all right, Suicide Squad might be the greatest comic book film ever made. Bold coming from a big actress who plays a very prominent character in the movie. You know, bold statement. Obviously, you want people to go see it. So, you know, the actors feel that way. And she very well could be correct. But uh, just another bold statement, you know, you know, but I've, I've confidence based on what I've heard that they might follow through with that. You know, it's going to take a lot to knock the Snyder cut off the top of my poach. Even it's going to take a lot to knock Batman vs. Superman off of its post um, when you actually think about it. But we'll see. I, you know, I can't wait. The hype is up there. And then her wanting to explore that relationship with Poison Ivy, you know, we got we get the comedic version of it in, in the Harley Quinn animated series, but it's done so very well. And it's done very well in the comics, too. So are you What's up that, for uh, Poison Ivy it, and Harley Quinn? Or Harley Quinn and the Harley Quinn uh, TV uh, series, animated show. When is that coming back? Uh, they have not released a date yet, but I know it'll be coming to HBO Max. I believe they're trying to target by the end of the year. I hope so, because it, it seems like it's been a while, you know? It's been a while since it's been out, and or the second season has come out, and they, they need to get that third season out. Heck yeah, they do, um, especially since they took out that one scene we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, of Batman oh, yeah. going down on Catwoman. <laughs> do you think you, uh, you'll reprise your role in, in that show as the, like, the fan? Um, with my The Last Jedi is canon shirt on? Yeah, sure, why not? Why the hell not? Wow, Winston should, is yelling about the Harley Quinn animated series from the backyard. You should uh, you should demand some like like payment for that because that's that's a little too. I mean, I know you said like that that wasn't like physically accurate, but like man, <laughs> like they got the beard and everything, and then the I, shirt. I, guess. I know, I know the the release of Snyder Cut shirt. Yeah, that was that that was pretty uh, crazy to see. Uh, but Facebook uh, or something. I will be following up. Um, I should find that and share it on Facebook. And I, I will be following up for the royalties from Harley Quinn. Or um, you'll be getting sued, just like the uh, Van Line company that I'll be mentioning later during Ginger Snaps. Just a little preload to that. So, moving along. And uh, did you see? Speaking of the Suicide Squad, did you see Jai Courtney swore at Marvel? He just said "fuck Marvel." <laughs> <laughs> Why did he say that? Just fanning the DC versus MCU flames. Oh. Uh, just Captain Boomerang being Captain Boomerang. Well, he's he's got he's got my support for that statement because I've I've often said fuck Marvel quite a bit. I mean, for all the things that they have done right, they've also done many things wrong, and so I I would agree with him. I really never um, got your your full thoughts on you know obviously outside of Harley Quinn season three, but I never got your full thoughts on. If you want to see the Poison Ivy Harley Quinn relationship oh, yeah. play out on on screen, you know I I haven't read any of the comics with them, um, and I know like Harley Quinn is one of the like the highest selling comics apparently, which is shocking and surprising. But I mean she's a great character. Um, I would really love to see that. I think you know Poison Ivy is is obviously been somebody that we haven't seen in in this world, and so I'm thinking maybe they're like really taking her their time with like. Um, bringing her to the the movies, um, you know, the big screen. So absolutely, 
And then Harley Quinn animated show. If it's anything like that, I mean, I'll love it. I know I will. But um, just they should really try to make sure that it's nothing like Birds of Prey. As long as they do that, then I will be 100% happy with it. But again, if it's Harley Quinn and like, you know, they pick a good actress to do uh, Poison Ivy, I think it's going to be um, phenomenal. Yeah, David Ayer was supposed to do the Gotham City Sirens movie. That's He actually bowed out of the sequel to Suicide Squad. Uh, and he was uh, in, in favor to do Gotham City Sirens. And I was so thrilled to hear that Gotham City Sirens was going to come out. But obviously that movie fell flat. So hopefully with Margot Robbie's power with Warner Brothers in D.C. right now, her make, just making mention of wanting to see that will hopefully get made. So we'll see what the future takes us. But I am very interested in another medium that DC is giving us. And you actually shared this to our Facebook group and you shared it on the fourth mother box. But talk about Batman Unburied. Uh, what do you know about that so far, that Spotify show? You know, I actually heard about this last year. And I, I remember reading a post and I actually shared it to Facebook that I was really excited because. We've never really seen a Spotify show of, of like really anything like that. At least I, I've never heard of anything like that before. No. But it would be really interesting. And then they cast Winston Duke, who plays M'Baku on Black Panther, um, as as Batman. And then they cast uh, who did they cast as Alfred? I Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. That's right. Lucius Malfoy. Ah oh, man, that's gonna be fucking amazing. And I know. The, the writer of the Nolan trilogy is attached to it. So I'm really, really excited about it, especially because I love podcasts. And I love just going for a walk and listening to something. Um, so I can't wait. I think this is I think this is great. Yeah, it's coming from David S. Goyer. Uh, he's the writer of Blade. He directed Blade Trinity. Writer on Batman Begins, the story writer for The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. And then he's also a writer for, on Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman. So very, very incredible. Yeah, very you know incredible. What seems, you know what seems interesting and is that they seem like they're kind of like going, um, moving away from Kevin Conroy a bit. Which I think Winston Duke, I like new people, new actors like approaching the role and, and, and kind of like putting their own spin on it. I didn't really like Jason O'Mara's Batman. Like in the beginning, it was bad, but then he got a little better as time went on. But, you know, when it's not Kevin Conroy, it's always kind of like a, a little bit of a bummer for me, as, as I've stated in the past. But I think Winston Duke is an interesting an interesting cho uh, choice because he's got a deep voice. And I think, you know, if you're going to voice the Dark Knight, you got to have a deep, gravelly voice. You can't have like this high-pitched, you know, uh, bullshit voice. Um but anyway, so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Jason O'Mara is the one in Justice League Dark Apocalypse he, he, War, right? He's he does all those. He does all the most recent Justice League animated films that they just finished with Justice League Dark uh, Apocalypse War, and again, like he did great in the later films, but in the beginning, I'm just like, oh, this is so bad. He's just. It just sounds like so muffly and like he's trying too hard. I almost kind of think like if you can't do that sort of a voice, then do what Ben Affleck did in, in Batman vs. Superman. Get that voice modulator. That sounds great. And, and it's like this is what um, Christian Bale could have done in mm -hmm. the trilogy. That would have fixed that 
criticism about him and his using his gravelly voice, but I, I don't know. That doesn't really bother me that much, personally. But I know some people it bothers. Right. But I'm with you, and I get that they might be moving away from Conroy. Um, he's he's kind of getting up there age-wise, right? I mean, I know you don't have to be a certain age to voice act, but it's just interesting that they are kind of parting their ways. And, and But I like that they're giving new people, you know, new mediums and new ways to do it. So let's see Winston Duke, you know, take a stab at Bruce Wayne and the Dark Knight. So maybe, or maybe they're saving Kevin Conroy for something like when we know it's not another Arkham game. <laughs> Very true. We're getting Gotham Knights. Yay. Whoa. We're getting a game in the Arkham universe with uh, the suicide suicide squad killed, killed the justice league. So that should be interesting. I'm there. There's, there's got to be, hints to batman in that game so i'm I'm sure there'll be something yeah. you know what and like if it's truly in the arkham universe i really hope they kind of answer what happened to bruce wayne after you know the nightfall protocol was initiated at the end of arkham knight when you 100 percent completed that is because mm-hmm. i think that was it's kind of like cryptic and vague like they don't really really t- kind of it's kind of hard to understand like what's going on like at the at the end there so i'll be really interested to see like i i i'm gonna like explode if they don't say something about that so they need to and i know they will i know they're going to deliver because arkham knight still is one of my my favorite game of all time yeah they will they will deliver i trust it so speaking of not some things that haven't been delivered and, and i'm going to be petty here but I don't know if I should. No, I, I did share this with you, but I don't think I put it on the notes. But I wanted to mention it because it's been heating up. But speaking of Marvel, right, this is the third or fourth week in a row we've talked about Black Widow. And again, not going to be really good things. But Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney over how they handle the release of Black Widow, specifically putting it on Disney Plus Premier Access and in theaters at the same time. She's citing that because of that was like a breach of contract and stating that how well the movie was going to do in theaters uh, was going to impact how she, she got paid for it. So in Disney, I don't know if you saw this, but they clapped back pretty quickly. And Disney said they did, denied the claims pretty much outright. And they, were, they responded fairly, really fast, which is very interesting. Uh, I think Disney feels like they've got a large ground to stand on here. And it sounds like they do. And they claimed that I, I think it was she made $20 million off off the movie. Uh, specifically, which was more, I think, than you thought she made initially. And she was getting royalties, too, in Disney+. Plus, and her contract didn't, didn't necessarily state and did not imply that she would get um, something from, from the theaters like, like she's claiming. So Disney pretty much said, no, we're not, we're not going to you know, take this petty lawsuit. So this is, this is crazy. This is the first, I think, of its kind. And... I don't know, maybe Scarlett Johansson Kyle just doesn't want to accept that the movie was bad and and even if it was in theaters without Disney Plus, it wasn't going to do that well. Well, I have a, I have a few thoughts about this. And one is like I kept reading that first of all, it broke records in the first weekend that it opened. I kept reading I know I kept reading that. So there's that part of it that maybe I don't understand. The other part was that did she not know that this was gonna happen? Like in in the means of like have it being released, you know, via Disney Plus and, you know, in theaters at the same time? I guess yeah, I not. Know. I guess I, not. 
Well, yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I would wonder, like, because maybe we we just don't understand that end of it. I mean, twenty million is is a fuck ton of money. Um, I know that's. I know. I remember reading like for Infinity War and for Endgame, like they were all getting like like fifteen million each, and it was like across the board except for RDJ, of course, who just got a bajillion dollars for that 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 film, like a stupid amount. I forgot what he said, but it was like, oh man. Do you remember how much RDJ made for Infinity War and Endgame? It was it was like the the most money ever. I I have no idea. I really don't, but I'm sure it was more than he he needs for the rest of his life. So more like, than enough for he'll never need to reprise Iron Man again. <laughs> I think it was like close to a hundred million or something like that. It was something ridiculous. Sounds about like, right. I, I mean, wow. And you know what's so funny about that is that people get paid so much just to be himself. You know, it's like, we're going to pay. Can you imagine somebody just offers you like $100 million? Like, Tom, just go on screen and be yourself. And we're going to pay you $100 million. I'm sure I'll find a way to fuck it up, but I'm going to try my hardest <laughs> for for $100 million. But yeah, no, totally, totally. I totally get it. He, it. Seemingly on paper, it seemed like he had the easiest job in the world. Like, all right, Tony Stark just happens to be you. So go be you. And he was him. What? And Scarlett Johansson still sued Disney, and I don't think she's going to win. Let me say this, too. That movie really pissed me off because of the fact that, and I know we talked about this, but I just got to say it again. What the fuck happened with Taskmaster? God damn it, Disney. God damn it. Marvel. I'm, I'm not going to blame Disney as much as I blame Marvel. There's just, what the fuck? I mean, Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies really didn't fuck up the villains. I mean, I know they did, like Sony Spider-Man did in the third, but we'll we'll give it a pass. That's that was still a good movie with without a, uh, what's his name, from Eric uh, Foreman. Eric Foreman as Venom. That was like the worst casting decision of all time. But anyway, that fuck. Oh my god, they better bring Taskmaster back and fucking make him right or her right. I don't care if they put a draft in that position. Him or draft, just make it, make him redeem that fucking character. God damn it, Marvel. So always villains. It gets funnier when you actually think of a giraffe in the Taskmaster getup, like trying to fight Black Widow. Like a giraffe going in the Black Panther stance, a giraffe going in Black Widow's pose. Like, it's so funny when you actually think, now fuck, Marvel, if you listen to this, anybody on Marvel, I don't care if you, if you're the entry-level employee, get this up to the top. We need a giraffe to represent Taskmaster in the, the, the next Marvel movie. I don't even care what, what what movie it is. Put the giraffe in Eternals. It'll make no fucking sense. Just do it. You know what? You know what's you know what's sad is that the Marvel fanboys will just eat it up. I mean, they they literally could just put like a giant elephant turd in a costume and call it a villain, and and Marvel fans would be like, "Oh my god, it's the best villain ever!" You know, it was great. We we saw the debut of that turd in a big costume in uh, Avengers Endgame in the Hulk. Oh yeah, I forgot. Oh, he was already cast. My mistake. Yep. I forgot. Ooh. You know, we talking about Robert Downey Jr. getting a boatload of butt ton of money. How much money do you think a DC Marvel crossover movie would make? 
And the reason I ask is because James Gunn has outwardly said, and he said he's talked to both studios, Marvel and DC, about a crossover movie. Specifically, and this crossover movie would include Harley Quinn and Groot. So, interesting. My first thoughts are, okay, the characters make sense because they're both kind of out there. But it could work. You know, I don't know how it could work, but... But it, I'm also kind of like, if we're going to get a DC Marvel movie, I don't want this kind of shit, right? If we're going to get one time and one time only. Like, I need to see the Avengers versus the Justice League, like, on that level. Yeah, that's the only movie we need. And I don't know how much money that would take to make, but it certainly would... It would destroy the box office like permanently. <laughs> it would never the box office would never recover for how much that movie would destroy everything. And <laughs> I, I don't know if I could actually I might explode a little bit too because I'm seeing like the Avengers, which I love, and then the Justice League and I love. And I, I don't know. If they if they didn't do Batman Justice, I'd be like really upset about that. Like I would go in there with the biggest I I would be the biggest snob about that movie. It would be horrible. I'd be absolutely horrible. Kyle would run into the theater, fall down the stairs, and drop his popcorn all over the place, screaming oh, at the absolutely. at the screen. It would it would actually be like not loaded nachos. That would be that would be my choice. That's but fair. yes, yes, that would be yeah. That's exactly what would happen. Because uh, you know, a Harley Quinn and a group movie, okay, it'd be fun, right? It'd be fun, but it's like, all right, we're finally getting. It's the first time. You know, we've had comic crossover, but it's the first time on screen that you can reach out past the paper of a comic book and the digitalization of a comic book and get people. You can reach across the aisle and get the general population who are into this shit, like like the fans who just watch the MCU, MCU movies and know nothing outside of that, or the fans that just know Batman and know nothing outside of Batman. Like, you could reach out to those people with a, finally, Marvel and DC come together and then it's Harley Quinn and Groot, which are characters I like, but it would be a wasted opportunity if you did anything but at least the Trinity on DC side, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman against any big three you want to take from the Marvel side, which in my eyes should be at least Iron Man, at least Captain America. And I'll make a very heavy argument for either a different Hulk. I'm talking about no, no. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner, or Thor, um, and not Party Thor. I need Thor to get back on, um, you know, six six week abs and and lose 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 the gut. I'm 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 getting sick and tired of somebody who's supposed to be like this all seeing god. You know, look like he's had one too many Seven Eleven burritos. Did you see Chris Hemsworth? Like uh, the pictures of him uh, from the Thor Love and Thunder set. I mean, he looks. He looks fucking jacked. Like he put on some serious muscle. Like it's it's like astounding. Like I don't know. He must be on steroids because it's when I saw it, I'm like, this is like what The Rock looked like before. You know, when The Rock came out in the WWE, he was like, you know, he was cut. He was, you know, yeah. like every other wrestler. But then there was like a point in time where he just fucking transitioned and turned into like a monster. And this, at least some of the pictures that I've seen. Chris Hemsworth looks like a fucking monster. You mean the pictures you've got saved in your phone? Well, 
They're actually, they're the pictures that you sent me, but those were the oh, ones. Oh, that... way, to, way to attempt to try to turn my joke against me. Uh, not going to work. It was predictable. That was so predictable. It, no, it wasn't. I mean, I, I almost had to. You set, you, you set yourself up. You set yourself up for it, and I would be lambasted by the people, the good people who listen to our show if I didn't take advantage of it, sir. No, now, no, I no, call for the forum, damn it. I mean, well, you have to talk about it, though. You have to talk about it because you have to appreciate the physicality that goes into these roles and what these actors and actresses put themselves through to look like this. I mean, especially especially somebody like you, who's who's a personal trainer uh, once once upon a time. Like, you know, You're the right. dedication that, and a wrestler, too. You know, the dedication that goes into that. It gets really difficult, and your life sucks. Your your life kind of sucks. And I know, I was re- watching an interview with uh, Chris Evans, and he was talking about just the physicality of, of of the role of being Captain America. And he's like, you know, it really sucks because for every before every scene, you have to like do push ups and like lift weights and just you know kind of like look the part because it just falls off so quickly. Yeah, that's so I, no. I, like, I like seeing that stuff. Like, I think that's so interesting. It is. All things aside, like, that's that's the kind of shit we don't see these people, especially in physically demanding roles, do, right? You know, they get paid millions of dollars, but they're also kind of killing themselves, especially when you put yourself in a caloric deficit, right? You're not eating enough to to survive, essentially, and your body is relying on stored fat. And and these people get rid of it, like, like The Rock for Black Adam. He told the costume people he's like no i don't want this padded i don't want you to use cgi it's like i'm gonna work to look like black adam and the rock has you know this the dude's got years upon years upon years of training in his muscles but uh he just won't quit he doesn't sleep uh just like these people and you're right you're right that's that's some incredible determination and i'm i'm, I'm glad we don't we're not going to see party party thor in in the next iteration of thor, it was so. it was kind of funny you know, in the first couple of scenes, but as they progressed and they put him in the end, like in the last scene as fat Thor. And I'm just kind of like, ah, there's something about this. that just doesn't like sit well with me. Like, I don't know, like big Lebowski Thor. It just doesn't I mean, it's funny. It was funny. I thought the joke was great. The jokes that came out of it were really good. But then I was just kind of open, like, couldn't he just fucking do some Asgardian super workout to like lose that? <laughs> shit so he looks like the god of thunder at the end the very last movie of this saga you know for fuck's sake yeah where's the asgardian super workout though or come on you know get on that asgardian tape with richard simmons or like he can go back to go back in time and just like work out a shit ton and then come back i don't know like I'm sure they'll. I'm sure. Watch, watch, and Thor: Love and Thunder. There'll be a montage of him, him losing weight. I'm calling it now. It's going to be like oh, an '80s, no 80s type montage. It, it's at, You're absolutely right. I 100% believe that because you know the Marvel formula. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I'm probably not wrong. I'm just. I'm just. You're gonna. You hear it now. So. Uh, so moving it along to upcoming MCU films, we've heard and we saw, and it's been confirmed that Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, which is the third Ant-Man film, but Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania is beginning production. This will actually be Kang's first movie appearance. So I, I, I have no idea which variant of Kang we're getting. You know, there's lots of them, as we found out in Loki, uh, as he who remains, who was killed by uh, Sylvie. Uh, 
warned of all the variants. And when Loki got back, there was one there. So who are we going to see? I mean, it, Kang's going to be played by the same actor as we saw in Loki. It's just questioning who. And this seems like a very odd movie to make, you know, a, such a big villain to make like their first movie appearance in. Am I right? Yeah. You know, what I hope doesn't happen is like, I think the, you know, I had my thoughts about the, the last episode of Loki and, you know, like I was saying, I think this is going to set up like what, what we saw in the finale is not going to be as good as what we see in season two. And I really hope they let this breathe because it's kind of an interesting ending with all these variants running around. Don't just wrap it up in the first episode, like let it breathe, you know? It's like when the superhero like gets compromised. Like we were talking about Superman and Lois. Like they just he like Clark was compromised, and then halfway into the episode, he's just back to normal. I I, I kind of like when they let the story play out a little bit because that's interesting writing. Like you don't want to see like the superhero just bounce back right away. But anyway, but uh, Ant Man three, it does seem odd to put him there especially because he's an Avengers level villain. I don't know. And it's, it's kind of like, and I don't know if you've, did you watch agents of shield? Uh, like the first season. Okay. They had an episode. It was like season four or five. It was like the last season that I watched where the guy who Adrian Pastar he voiced Iron Man and throughout the Avengers animated TV show, he became Graviton, who's a, like an Avengers-level villain. And he's actually a really badass one. And they put him in there, and I'm just like, it was great. Don't get me wrong, it was great. But he wasn't like, like, why would you throw him away like that? You put him in a TV show, you're just throwing him away. I don't know. So hopefully Kang isn't a throwaway in Ant-Man 3. I mean, I don't foresee that we're getting another Avengers movie anytime soon. I'm kind of afraid of what that might look like because we're not going to have the OG Avengers. And I know who they're going to put in the new Avengers. I'm just going to be like, that's not going to be interesting to me. It's not. Like, who are they going to put in the new Avengers? Like, uh, really? The first first person I thought of was Sam Wilson Cap. Uh, okay, I'll watch that. Like, that's fine. But who else? Like, who else is really that interesting that's, that's going to stay or stay around? Like, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say to this, but isn't Natalie Portman getting the hammer? And isn't she going to be Lady Thor now in Thor uh, 4? You know, I don't... I mean, you know, she... Yeah, she's going to get the hammer. And if it's just like a passing of the torch, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Um... They'd be following he, a comic line. Yeah, and it, but Natalie Portman, that's saying that she's she's like older. I mean, I don't know. She's she's been in. It, I guess we'll have to wait and see because they they might be able to do that right. But I know people really like Chris Hemsworth as Thor, and Chris Hemsworth is still a young guy. So and he loves the role, as far as I can tell, and I've read. So I don't know if they're just gonna like pass the mantle. I could see them being like a team up, kind of like. Ant-Man and the Wasp, which I think is cool. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that that might be interesting, but I think it's going to be hard to do an Avengers movie when you don't have 
Well, they got to get rid of the Hulk. Like, fuck. They need to get... Like, whatever they need to do, just... They need to re-retcon him. Like, somebody hit him upside the head so he becomes, like, dumb Hulk again and he's just a giant rage monster. They're filming She-Hulk right now. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard about that. And, uh, I, you know, I just... Again, I, I know we're not going to see any, like, Mark Ruffalo Hulk out. He's going to be, like, probably chilling in a fucking library somewhere reading about yoga and meditation. Is he still going to be, like, Professor Hulk, or is he going to be back to, like, his human form? I think he's, like, settled on... he's Because I think they established that in Endgame. Like, he is the physicality of Hulk. But he is, you know, uh, Banner's brain. So, I, I mean, well, speaking of other Avengers, you know, maybe She-Hulk, but we'll get, uh, and I don't know her name, is it, it's not Bullseye, is it, it uh, Hawkeye's daughter? I think he called it, he called it, he, he called her the nickname in Endgame, right? Uh, what her actual comic name is. God, I hate myself for not knowing what it is. But the Hawkeye series is getting a Disney Plus release date of 11-24, so we talked about you know, what Avengers could potentially, you know, team up together. Well, we're kind of been being handed the future, you know, Ca- you know, Captain Marvel, um, our, our favorite MCU flick and the Marvels will be involved in Avengers somehow. Uh, and that was sarcasm people, by the way, uh, we are, we, we are, yeah. Um, you know, I Sam still, Wilson. I still think this isn't going to be that great though. Like it's never going to amount to what the OG cast brought to the screen. I mean, Maybe I might see it if it's interesting, but I don't know. I'm not like I'm not very hopeful. I really am not. I know, and all I'm really paying attention to hardcore is Spider-Man coming up in the MCU. And where in God's name, Sony Marvel is the No Way Home trailer? Like, I'm what the fuck? That's been done for a long time. Give us a goddamn trailer. It's coming out in December. They've been teasing that film, and that film is probably one of the most. Easily one of the most anticipated films for superheroes coming out. Where the fuck? Not a fucking photo. I mean, maybe okay, maybe there's a photo, but like, (laughs) give us a fucking trailer already. Something, and not like some bullshit teaser trailer, like where it's like 20 seconds and you just you just hear Tom Holland go like, oh hey man, like I'm back at school. Like it's it's really. Then I'm gonna go out and shoot my web shooters. Like it's gonna be really cool. No, we don't want that. We want a fucking full length. Two minute and a half trailer where we see fucking Spider Man and whatever happens after that. Yep. No, it's exactly it's a guy what we want. We just I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm kind of is this for hype or is this because there's issues? You know, I get I get nervous. You know, I get I get nervous about this stuff. Are they still filming? Are they still editing this movie? Or is it? I mean, you said it was done. They were probably done with their principal. You know. For, photography with everything but again i'm talking about making movies that i don't know too much about but it just seems if there's an official release date which what we've gotten to be released in december of 2021 you know it's almost august so it's close before you know it to not have anything i don't even think we have an official poster do we if we do i can't imagine it outside of like a fan poster maybe it's just they're really keeping it under wraps, kind of like the Luke Skywalker scene at the end of Mando 2. 
Good, good segue, um, specifically because as we rolled into Star Wars and other crap, as I put it on the show notes today, um, I'm not going to have a filter on Ginger Snaps. I just want to tell you that uh, my patience is more thin. So uh, (laughs) Star Wars and other crap, but I want to talk, and I talked about this on Jedi Talk yesterday, and the uh, latest Jedi Talk episode actually posted today, so go check that out after you check this out. Please, thank you very much. It's all things Star Wars. But Lucasfilm, and you uh, shared this video with me too, they hired this deepfake uh, video FX artist by the name of Shamuk on YouTube who took what they did at the end of season two of The Mandalorian with Luke, you know, murking a bunch of dark troopers. And obviously we saw the de-aged Luke Skywalker because Mark Hamill sure shit doesn't look like that anymore. Uh, This YouTube user took it and actually, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, made it better. Uh, what did you think about that video? Holy fuck. That was that was amazing. That technology is so amazing. I mean, I hope people don't abuse it in some way because I, I could see that potentially happening at some point. I know that, like, some people have figured it out. Like, that guy's just a YouTuber, apparently. Um, yep. But yeah, that, was, that was really something. It really was. Yeah, not not a not a full time YouTuber anymore. Is Lucas Lucasfilm uh, wrapped him up? So we we quit. We talked about it at length on Jedi Talk yesterday, but I'll keep it high level here. You know, there's a, there's there's a lot of thoughts what they could be using this YouTuber for. Like, are we are we going to see more de aged like Han Solos and Princess Leia's, or are they are they hiring this person to go through and touch some things up, like in the prequels? You know, they don't need to do it in the sequel trilogy. They've already touched up the OG trilogy. You know, what is this individual going to be used for? Or are they just being brought onto the video effects team because they're that good? And it's like, look at how good of a talent we have out there in the, in, you know, in the private sector. Let's just bring them along on a Lucasfilm. Uh, that's, that's, that's what I'm hoping. You know, I'm hoping they're not bringing them in to touch up some things. And I don't know. Do you want to see more? Han Solo de-aging, Kyle? You know, I, I know you're a big Han guy and big Harrison Ford guy, so do you want to see more, like, Han Solo de-aging? Well, that's interesting, because, like, didn't Mark Hamill... Mark Hamill lend his voice to that part, like, in, in Mando 2, I would assume, right? He did. Okay. I don't know if Harrison Ford would reprise it. I mean, because I know he wanted the character dead, and, and he kind of didn't want to have anything to do with it after after the original tr- trilogy came out. So, I mean, obviously I would love to see that because y- you know my thoughts about whatever, uh, Alden Enron, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, always no Han Solo, and he never will be. But, I mean, fuck yeah. I mean, I would love that. Seriously, that would be cool to see. I just, I don't think it would happen. I know Mark Hamill, we might see more Luke Skywalker, which makes me look very happy because i think that that's that's awesome but me well, i'd be i'd be real shocked if, it, if we saw a han solo i wouldn't be and just to wrap my thought up on that before i move on to that luke comment uh more you know i wouldn't be shocked he showed up in the rise of skywalker remember in, a, in like a that flashback to ben after after kylo died and ben is born again so you never know he you know he he came back and still shot a scene you know well, he, all was a ghost. Film, he was a ghost he was a ghost. <laughs> that's 
the son of a bitch probably did fight himself in the mirror. He's like, give me back my son. You took my Wheaties or something like crappy like that. Maybe the Scottish ghost killed him and now he's like a ghost. Like, that's, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> well, well, let me save you and bury you out of that one by actually mentioning. So you mentioned we m- m- might be seeing more Luke with that video of that deep fake artist hire. Uh, you remember that poster I shared with you, the Luke and Grogu poster um, of, and I, I even shared it in the group. So it's it's a poster that got released last weekend for San Diego Comic Con at home. It's Grogu hovering, broken apart pieces of a lightsaber, and Luke is force hovering a yellow kyber crystal. First off, I think yellow is a perfect color lightsaber kyber crystal for Grogu, based on you know uh, the the. Temple guards use it. You know, we don't, we haven't seen it in canon too much outside of Ray. So, um, Brad on Jedi Talk made mention of is that Kyber Crystal eventually the one Ray gets at the end of episode nine in Rise of Skywalker, which is very interesting. That poster just, man, if we're going to see more Luke, it's going to be in The Mandalorian season three and it's going to be off the chain. Yeah. I, and I don't think we've ever seen somebody with a yellow lightsaber right outside of ray at the end of uh, episode nine the lightsaber she makes that she ignites after she buries luke and leia's saber on on tatooine is oh. is yellow okay i'm actually rewatching that now so i'll, 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 I'll uh, keep that in mind does Spoiler does cal kestis does cal kestis have his own lightsaber like his his own lightsaber color like yeah canon what? it's blue it's in blue. Canon, it's blue. Yeah, I think orange is more fitting, but that's that's just me. Because they gave it that, that was like a special add-on that they gave later on. The premium content, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. looks more fitting, but I digress. Are you saying it just looks more fitting because he's a ginger? A little bit, yeah. A little bit. All right. I mean, you gotta admit, like it looks well. It goes well with with the gingerness. Even though it's still hard to believe, but Ginger could be a Jedi. Uh, the youngest Jedi ever, sir. And don't you forget it. Do know, you just maybe. keep? Are you just keep making uh, these Ginger jokes just to just to uh, 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 see if you can get a kick out of your buddy Scott Ford, who listens to us, just so you can get the kicks out of him? Hey, I mean, I, I mean, Joe really likes my Ginger jokes too. No, Joe likes when you run into stop signs in the city of wherever the hell you guys were, Geneva or St. Charles. That's funny. Uh, I didn't run into a stop sign. It was a it was a sign on the path, and I grazed it. You I, bled. It, 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 scratched my, it scratched my arm. So it scratched my arm. Did not hit it. He fell Sorry. off. He lots right in his face. So that he did that. How many people saw him fall? Uh, a lot, because we were downtown Chicago, and we were like on a really busy bike path, like on Lakeshore Drive. So pretty much everybody saw him completely plots. You know what a lot of people saw this week, and they're talking about, and I shared it in the group? And we haven't talked about this franchise yet, but I like to talk about things when we talk about Star Wars that are other fantasy-related. But, dude, that Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer, that was fucking cool. Man, that that kind of got me in the feels a little bit. Just just watching that because again, 
here's something else that's like straight out of our childhood. I mean, when I was a kid, I had a proton pack. I would, I had like the jumpsuit. I had fucking everything, Ghostbusters. And I would run around and play Ghostbusters outside. So when they're actually really making a follow-up sequel to the OG, you know, Ghostbusters story, not that abomination that happened in 2016 that we will never mention, um, it, it really got me excited. And the fact that they're just doing it right this time. They are really doing it right. This is a real continuation, uh, not and, and uh, from the from the old school Ghostbuster movies. You're going to get the actual actors in the role, except for Harold Ramis, of course, because he unfortunately passed away. But then they're ushering in a new era, so I can definitely see this movie being like, you know, the the OG Ghostbusters are kind of like retired, not doing it anymore. Maybe ghosts don't really exist, and then you know these kids stumble upon like this mine. It looks like where the ghosts, you know, came back to life and now they need to uh, connect with the OG Ghostbusters to figure out what to do, maybe just pass the torch. I think that's the best way to really pass on the torch, you know? It's kind of like what Star Wars did with the new trilogy, although I fucking hated, I absolutely fucking hated how they killed off every one of them. And I don't care what any, any Star Wars fan says, Han Solo should never have been killed. And I don't care, and I would, like write to Harrison Ford and tell him that he's wrong. Like, you're wrong for killing off your character. How dare you? You deserve to be beat up by that Scottish ghost, damn it. If, you, if he kills off Indiana Jones, I swear to God, he's getting a picture of my ass. Yeah, then I'm, I'm going to hold you to that because Indiana Jones is going to die. I, I, you have to prepare yourself for that. He's going to pass it off to somebody else, just like he did with Han Solo. I'm, I'm telling you. No, and, and, he could right off to the sunset and give his like whip to somebody else. That's or they could just reboot the franchise, and uh, that's it. That's it. we're not gonna we're not gonna see him like we're not gonna see him get impaled by one of his is like Shia LaBeouf's gonna show up at the end and he's gonna be all fucked up and you know, like <laughs> stick him or something like that, push him down, push him down like a flight of stairs or I don't know. Oh no, my dropped sandwich i'm an old man is probably something han would say you just want to be whipped by han solo everybody you heard it here first on the fourth mother box kyle wants to be whipped by han solo that's what i heard um i mean i feel like most star wars fans wouldn't not want that like if they had a chance to get whipped by han solo i mean they probably would take it right or even or even even indiana jones no no probably not because i've accepted the fact that han died in the force awakens and that he was rightfully killed. Well, not rightfully, but he was he was given a fair ending. You know, his death was necessary in that story. His death was very necessary. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I read that. I read that uh, that blog post, but that's still it was still dumb, dumb, wrong, absolutely wrong. <laughs> Which podcast are we on? Oh, we're in the fourth mother box. We're yeah, gonna- you're correct. Yeah, we're going to continue that conversation on Jedi talk when you, when you finally are ready to get eviscerated on your opinion for the last Jedi. But let's talk about the Ghostbusters afterlife trailer, because there was, I got hit with all the member berries, just like you, right. When Janine, you know, was, was talking to them. I, I love, I adore the fact that it's Egon's granddaughter who's taking over the mantle. I'm guessing at the, you know, the old house that, that Egon gave to his family is the old mansion where everything once the ghostbusters were done he took and they stored away i think that includes the ghosts that they captured i think they're down that well obviously i don't 
I think there'll be something bigger at work that will release the ghosts. But yeah, everything we saw in that trailer was pretty damn perfect. Um, outside of the the only cool thing would have been to have to have the OG theme song uh, playing in the background. But I I fully anticipate them to incorporate it somehow into the movie. That better be in the movie because you can't take an icon. Uh, you can't not have an iconic theme song like that not in the movie. It's like my one biggest problem with. The last Jurassic Park movie is they they really didn't play it. They really didn't play it. I'm like, I don't care if this is the 500th Jurassic Park movie. Play the fucking theme song. I want to hear it. I'm seeing dinosaurs eat people. Play the fucking theme song. End of rant. End of rant. That's a good rant. Well, now's about the time we do Ginger Snaps. And I admittedly did not type anything up today typically i like write some notes for ginger snaps i put some things together i try to get smart about it and i I try to be really funny and i don't necessarily have a specific topic today so i'm really just going to go off the cuff and kyle i really want to get your thoughts too specifically about what i want to rant about um i've had i've had one 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 hell of a week right so you know i'm not trying to say the week was harder than than anybody else's but as most everybody knows i'm moving from phoenix arizona pretty all the way across country to orlando florida in a day we leave on sunday so this week i was anticipating lots of different things um specifically i was anticipating um you know ball trash pickup to come to grab the things that were not taken with us i was anticipating some phone calls from things we're expecting in orlando and most importantly you know, we spent a good chunk of the weekend, actually a fair chunk of the weekend, finishing up packing, putting boxes together, moving things in the one area of the house. So when the movers that we hired and gave a $1,000 deposit to, to come pick up the boxes and everything and drive it to Orlando, you know, the van line, mega van lines is who I found. You know, they reached out to me after I put some information in. They quoted me a great price. I felt really good with their sales team. And then this week happened. So I never received any sort of communication from them right from the fucking get go. Um, and Kyle, I didn't even tell you any of this. Uh, so if if I've been to, you know, seeming stressed or pissy on texts, this is why you can blame mega van lines. Um, but they never reached out to us to confirm a date. Right. They gave us a window of Tuesday to Thursday this week and said, yep, we'll be there. And when I made the phone call, the customer care rep told me oh yeah yeah they're gonna be there by thursday we just need to get a time perfect i was happy with that never got a time i called back thursday i called back at least five fucking times and these troglodytes couldn't figure out how to use a phone to call me back to tell me and then i finally got the flying squirrel from rocky and bullwinkle on the phone uh sometime yesterday to tell me oh well well, we don't have a driver yet a driver's not assigned to your to your to your order we're we're still waiting on dispatch to get a driver so uh i was livid and lost my shit so mega van lines you you like are you run by an animatronic idiot who with with a you know remote control stuck on on stuck up his ass i don't know where i was going with that uh but what what i'm trying to say is you know First off, nobody used mega van lines, first and foremost. Um, they're operated by a two-year-old who is crying to his mommy for uh, more cheese at the bottom of his bowl because uh, he's run out and the Teletubbies reruns um, need to be reset. So it's, 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 and I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even overreacting with this. Uh, I, I don't even know where to fucking begin with how to handle this company outside of, you know, 
going to the Better Business Bureau. And if people are ever listening to this, you know, you know that the fine people that we get to listen to this, and you ever looking to move across the country and use a van line, do not use mega van lines, okay? Do not. I've reported them to the Better Business Bureau. I've lost enough sleep about it, and I am just ready to, you know, snap on them on social media. Um, speaking of social media, that's what I originally wanted to talk about. Um, Kyle, are you are you are you very, you know, up to up to speed on what's going on in the world right now? I'm almost afraid to say yes or no to that question. Okay, well, I'm not going to ask you to specifically go on and on about it. You know, everybody knows we're still officially in the midst of a pandemic. And the thing about social media specifically, and I've officially gotten off of Twitter. I'm, I'm done with Twitter. Um, I, I really like Facebook for the conversation that I have with our listeners. And I like Instagram to get messages across and just share fun pictures like my wife and I'll probably do this weekend with the road trip. But, you know, social media especially with the things going on in this world is such a detriment to our society. It's like it it's and I'm on it. I'm on it, but it's, I question myself over and over again, why I continuously stay on it because it's like the lowest common denominator, right? All it is filled with is confirmation bias. It's like you, you think one way, right? About what you want to think specifically about going on right now. There's a lot of talk about mandatory this, mandatory that, got to wear a mask, don't have to wear a mask, flip-flopping. It seems to me that the general public, specifically the ones on social media in our country, in this great fucking free country of the United States of America, have completely forgotten how to act around common sense. You could feel whatever which way you want to feel about the things in this pandemic, but the one thing that you are not going to make me do is make me think the way you think, okay? I will continue to think and do what I think is best for my family as I encourage you to do the same. And I would never push you to think how I think or do things how I think, regardless of what's going on. And there's been data upon data suggested this, that or the other. But to forcefully mandate anybody to do something is just wrong. It's 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 absolutely wrong. Choice is great. Choice is spectacular. And choice is freedom. Choice is true freedom. I don't understand why you have to get on your soapbox, Karen, on Facebook and yell at me because I don't agree with the misinformation that you've been spouting. You know, there are people out there that are doing their research. There are people out there that are getting their information and not believing everything that the news tells them to. Right. Those people don't exist on social media. It's either fear. It's 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 fear mongering. It's yelling. It's confirmation bias it's look at where my head is now with the selfies that you can't see their 600 pound bodies as most people do nowadays you know they try to trim their faces and, and edit the shit out of their profile pictures um especially especially uh, when you're trying to get a point across so that's all that it is it's it's nobody on social media cares about what you're doing they only care about what you think about them that's it you know that's that's at the forefront of what this ugly country tearing just you know people dividing device and i'm eventually going to get to the point where i'm done with it but i want to continue the conversation with the people on the things that we love and like i said i'm, I'm I, this isn't a political podcast i don't think i got political i've got very ranty about choice and freedom and ranting god knows what i've, I've had very little sleep this week so i digress but 
you know, calm yourselves when you're going online, you know, right? You know, have some common sense when you're specifically pointing things out. You know, it's okay that I might not think like you think, but if we can sit down and have a civil discussion about it, I might learn some things and you might learn some things. When the fuck have we stopped acting like adults? This country's certainly not run by them. They haven't been run by adults in a very long time. Uh, and I will leave it at that. Um, Kyle, <laughs> anything you've, you've, you've got to say, I've, I've, I've kind of said a lot there. Well, let me just start by saying that I, I firmly agree with everything that you just said. And you have a right to say it, for now anyway. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll say, that, say, I'll say this too, and I had a thought today, and maybe this is, this is part, maybe a little political, but it's also comic booky as well. But I thought, you know, things really kind of seem like Avengers Infinity War, like the end of it. And it really seems like, yeah, in five years, this will be maybe back to normal, just like it was in Avengers Endgame. People are dying. People are fighting each other. People are upset. I, I'm pretty sure Thanos came to Earth, and we we just didn't see him. That's 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 kind of crazy to think. Thanos came to Earth, and we just didn't see him. Right, and it's like 2019, yeah. right? That movie came out 2019, and that's kind of when it started. So it's like a weird coincidence. Or well, 2018. Yeah, you get my point. Yeah, well, Endgame was in 2019 too. So no, that's 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 a very good. And you know, I I at this point, I believe it. I would believe it if someone told me Thanos came down in his Thanos copter, landed on Earth, and he's he's the reason for the pandemic. I'd be like, all right, you know, that actually makes sense. I would believe it. And and let me go back. Let me take another hit at uh, Marvel fanboys because I can't stand them on social media. I really can't stand them because I feel like they are way worse at, at this than the DC fanboys. But if, if, if there's something new that comes out, not everything new that comes out from Marvel is the best thing ever. For fuck's sake. The, I probably think I loved, I like the Loki series. I, I, I had my issues with it. I'll, I'll definitely say that, but there are some people that are just insufferable, like insufferable. Like literally they could have had like six episodes of, of Loki just sitting on a couch, farting into farting. I don't know. Do whatever. Do whatever. Like doing absolutely nothing. Shit in his pants. I don't know. And people would have loved it. And they would have raved about it. And then they would get these like comics about like, at least it wasn't Batman versus Superman. I know, always bringing DC into it, always bringing like the Snyder's movies into it. The the the, the DC fanboys got enough amongst themselves. There's enough infighting in, in DC. It's Snyder fans versus non-Snyder fans, so we don't need MCU's drama. It's it's so obnoxious, and I see it all the time. And I ask myself, why do I read these comments? Why do I read these comments? It's like it's it's like never ending. I don't actually see a lot of infighting between DC fanboys, but. It always seems like it comes back to the Snyder stuff. It's just like, let it go. It was a great movie. You're just too dumb to realize it. You can't understand it. I'm sorry. Speaking of movies in the Snyderverse, 
specifically what will wrap the show up today. But Suicide Squad, man, we're getting the Suicide Squad, which is a soft sequel to David Ayer's, and I'm specifically saying David Ayer's Suicide Squad that came out in 2016. So before we kind of talk about what's to come and what we're looking forward to, what you, you know, right, the story of Suicide Squad, right? Everybody knows who Suicide Squad is essentially from comics. You know, they put the bad guys, they're all bad guys, up in front in, in on the movie theater. And I just kind of want to jump into it with this movie because we've talked about it before, but did you feel like this flick had weird editing to it? How's, what do you mean by that? It just felt chopped up. And I felt like I could tell what were reshoots and what weren't reshoots. So this film obviously got brought in for reshoots, just like every other fucking WB film that Snyder had his hands in, uh, got called back to do because Warner Brothers tried to compete with Marvel, right? This was around the time Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out or came out. And they were they were essentially trying to turn the Suicide Squad or turn Suicide Squad what David Ayer so masterfully put together. And I've got a quote from him that I want to read in a second. But what he masterfully put together, they cut it up, tried to make it funnier. But like things in the movie that were just too like lines that were too on the nose seemed oddly placed. Like I was I could tell that the scene in the bar. After Harley, if it's found out uh, Harley survived and they they found they find out everything about Enchantress and, and they're in the bar and Harley's the bartender and they're they're kind of having like a somber moment. Rick Flag kind of becomes one of them. They're all talking to each other. The dialogue in that I in it's it, it didn't seem rushed. It didn't seem forced. I'm like, OK, this this feels natural in the movie. But there were other things in the movie where they would put it like when Harley yelled, do it. She's like, do it to or no, this this is the part that always gets me, and I and I think this was part of the reshoots, when or the way they edited the Joker Harley scene in the club, and the chase subsequently by Batman after they escaped the the, the club. The way Harley just you like go on, baby, do it, and like she she meant by pressing down on on the gas pedal, and like they kept looking back and forth at each other real oddly, like. It just it did not feel like the movie that we were presented to in the trailers leading up to it. Um, and I want to I want to read you the quote from David Ayer specifically, and then I'd really love to get your thoughts on that, what he said, and then the the editing questions. So, and he he said after this rant on Twitter um, that he was done talk pu- done publicly talking about his cut of the Suicide Squad. So he said, I put my life into Suicide Squad. I made something amazing. My cut is intricate and emotional journey with some bad people who are shit on and discarded, a theme that resonates in my soul. The studio cut is not my movie. Read that again. And my cut is not the 10-week director's cut. It's a fully mature edit by Lee Smith standing on the incredibly uh, on the incredibly work um, by John Gilroy. It's all Steve Price's brilliant score with not a single radio song in the whole thing. It has traditional character arcs, amazing performances, a solid third act resolution, a handful of pe- and, and only a handful of people have seen it. If someone says they have seen it, they haven't. And he's basically going to ta- stop talking about it. So sounds like what we got, what a lot of what we got of his film is not his original cut. Do you remember how fucking cool that like the I started a joke trailer was that released at San Diego Comic-Con with that. And that's the trailer that ended with Joker 
torturing Harley Quinn. And then we got what we got. Yeah, you know, I think it seems like DC kind of like started out and really didn't know where to take it or how to really present this world. Like it kind of seemed like it had an identity crisis. Whereas Marvel was really established right away. And those movies are kind of, I'm not going to say easier to write, but maybe easier to write. We'll just say that. Um, DC is darker. That's, it has a more serious tone. And it's, I, I can see like where they're just trying to copy Marvel's formula a bit. You saw that, absolutely saw that in the Justice League. Um, yeah, and I've heard that they've they've shot enough of the Joker, Jared Leto's Joker, to make its own movie. So, that, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It must be so hard to kind of be like a director and a producer and like have, the, you know, the, these big companies have their hands in it and chop it up and like kind of like ruin your, um, maybe ruin your vision a bit. Because you never know. But I think the Zack Snyder stuff, the, the Justice League, the Zack Snyder Justice League cut, that is maybe a precedent. Maybe, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that happen before, but it's a really good one because this shows companies like WB that they suck sometimes and they should listen to their directors and let them have their vision because you could have a really great product. And you think about how much more money would they have made if they just released Zack Snyder's original vision? I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the same thing with the Suicide Squad, the, the OG one. Guess we'll yeah. never know. We will never know, but I urge Warner Brothers Discovery to just come on, like give us give us the cut on HBO Max, just like you did with the Snyder cut. I hell, I I pay to see the air cut too. I would, I would, especially after recently those those comments. I'd pay, I don't know what I'd pay, but if if you want some sort of thing like, look, we'll we'll put it on HBO Max, but you got to pay ten bucks. I'll do it. I will absolutely do it. Um, I want to see David Ayer's original intent for the movie. I I remember it had such a different feel than what we got. And the fact that there weren't any radio songs in the movie at all, and that's all the movie was filled really what I felt like. It was radio songs. So, like, again, trying to go with that Guardians of the Galaxy feel. And I'm not, like, I'm entertained when I watch The Suicide Squad. I, I think the best part about this movie are the character performances, right? You know, we've said before, Margot Robbie, she gets introduced as Harley Quinn in this, and it's spectacular. I do enjoy Will Smith as Deadshot, uh, right? I think Jai Courtney's a spectacular Captain Boomerang. Um, other specific characters. You know, I think this is an editing thing. Take it or leave it with Enchantress for me specifically. But again, I think that was editing because I know the joke. I know just what what we got out of the cut. I, I, I don't think there was a problem with how the actress portrayed the character. Um, and I didn't have a big, big problem with the character. It just felt like an odd villain and after i learned what i learned that the joker was much more involved in this movie he was involved in the ending he was there um i i think he had something to do with the ending of of stopping what was going on i know we're shown how the joker survives the the helicopter crash and airs cut specifically hell we were given some of that in in one of the trailers you know with with the machine gun that he's blaring down and he's you know part of him is uh scarred from the from the helicopter crash like we were we were pretty much robbed jared leto was robbed of 
a performance, right? This is the first time we were going to see the fucking Joker on screen since Heath Ledger and Warner Brothers so badly fucked this up and did a disservice to the actor who really put hard work into a very divisive character. I hope we see more of him, though, as the Joker. And kind of like the one where we see, you know, where he, he talks about, like, we live in a society. Like, the, that end scene Joker, like, we, I, I feel like even with that small scene, it really resonated with a lot of people. And I want to see more of it. So it would be interesting. And, and I think... I think with enough time, we might get like a sequel to Zack Snyder's stuff. I mean, I have some reservations about his vision, about what he's talked about. Um, the whole like Batman dying and, you know, somebody's child becoming Batman. I, I don't know. Don't replace Batman with anybody's child. Batman is Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne alone. That's my only, my only criticism. So he comes back with the Justice League ever in the future, if that ever happens, which... I, I have to believe that it will. Like, Batman's off limits. So, hold on. Did did you not like them handling... So, because I know you love the, the Nolan universe, and their big thing in the Nolan universe is Batman's a symbol. Anybody can be a symbol. Remember at the... Uh, obviously, at the end of Dark Knight Rises, hands hands the reins over to... Um, uh, oh, God, what's... The John Robin... What's the last name again? Um, Jason... Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt's character, Blake, John, yeah, yeah, John Blake, Blake, John Blake, yeah, Han, basically gives the keys to the Batcave over to John Blake. What did you think about that? Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm not like that big into like the Bat family. I mean, if it was like a movie, I'd watch it, but it just doesn't have the same effect for me that Batman does. So. I, I like the fact that they did that, where it was like anybody can be a symbol. You know, Batman, you know, that kind of like message that they gave with it. But I don't know. I, I, I always think like it's not Bruce Wayne as Batman. My interest starts to wane. Okay, that's fair. That's definitely fair. Um. So what do you, what do you have any predictions for... The Suicide Squad movie that we're going to get, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I've been kind of, you know, I've seen the major trailers. I haven't watched any of the TV spots. I haven't looked at any of, like, the exclusive footage or haven't looked at really any of the cast interviews outside of, you know, some articles that I've read on what they've said and what we've shared. So do you have any predictions for this or something that you really, really want to see? Well, I, I'm like you. I, I watched the trailers, but, I you know, I didn't really want to read a lot into it. And I just kind of want to be surprised because I think this is not going to be so much as like a canon movie, but more of a fun movie. And honestly, I like I'm open to anything. Um, it might be cool to see a, a Joker cameo that might be asking too much, but. It might yeah, be I'm not expecting it. If if not a Joker cameo, maybe a, like a cameo of some other notable Batman villains. That would be cool. Like maybe we get a glimpse of Scarecrow or Poison Ivy. Maybe they're like you know they have a few uh, cool Easter eggs in the movie. And I think that's always one of the best parts about these movies is is, is like the Easter eggs. You know, it's true. And James Gunn's pretty good with his Easter eggs with Guardians, and I, I would hope he'd be the same way with what he's doing with the Suicide Squad. 
you know, we're obviously getting a very interesting main villain in Starro, you know, that, that we know of, there could be a different, you know, villain behind some things in this movie or, or things that they have to do. Uh, and that, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, I don't know, maybe we'll hear something about Aquaman or maybe since it's a creature of the ocean, maybe, maybe there'll be a tip to that. I do know that there will be, I believe that this was confirmed that there'll be like a mid credits or an end credit scene. So I'd be curious what that's about. I, I hope it's alluding to the next flick or what I'm guessing is that it's going to be something for the Peacemaker film, uh, Peacemaker series. That would only be, that would only make sense that they did yeah. that. That's fine, you know. Especially if Peacemaker's a great character and John Cena really delivers, I'll be totally excited for the for the series to come out. But you know, what are what are some of your like more favorite moments from the David Ayer Suicide Squad? You know, I I was always a fan of Enchantress. Like I thought she was, she looked great, and I liked, I liked, I liked Delevingne in this in this role, and the way that they, you know, her costume and her and the design of her and kind of like her character because it, they made her like a horror film, uh, like you know, like a like a horror film type of character, a character you would see in a horror film, because it was really kind of like disturbing and scary, and 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 she looked really hot in it too. I mean, I guess maybe that that part isn't as important, but. I really like the villain. I mean, um, other stuff with that film, I would say, I think, obviously, Margot Robbie was great in it. Will Smith was great in it. Um, I think the Joker had a lot of good one-liners. I mean, he was featured, he wasn't featured very often in the film, but he had a lot of good one-liners and stuff that, like, stuck with me. And I know he was kind of a controversial casting and or not a ca- controversial casting, but the way he his appearance and the way he acted was controversial for a lot of people. But, you know, I found myself just kind of like thinking about some of the sayings. You know, I thought it was really cool. It's like, oh, I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to hurt you nice and slow. Like, I thought that was that was kind of cool. And it kind of stuck stuck out to me. And I, I don't know, like I. I felt a little off at first, but I grew. It kind of grew on me. So, I know I, I had some issues with it. I mean, he, he kind of seemed like more of a mob boss than the Joker, but there yeah, was, there were some good scenes with him. I, I would really say that, and I think the the film definitely had a little heart in it too. And maybe some might not believe believe that, but I, I felt like there there was definitely good chemistry between the characters. And for as much as that it did wrong, there was a lot that there was right too. Oh yeah, the villains were done incredibly well with the actors, with the costuming, and the you know they won awards for that. Um, that specific like you know video effects, I think it was. I know they won awards for you know something specific with that, and I'm I'm kind of talking on turn specifically, but I think the characters really really shine in this in this Suicide Squad movie, and they're just. Some of them are victims, like Jared Leto's Joker, of the editing, the the mix-up, and trying to turn the movie into something that it wasn't. So, and Jared Leto did get a chance to, you know, reprise his role and do what he can to kick it in the balls of Warner Brothers when he reprised it for the nightmare scene in the Snyder Cut. 
And with that combined with what what the little that we did get in Suicide Squad, I just like you said, there's something there with him and the Joker that leaves you just wanting more. There's something there, and I think he's a good actor. I I don't follow his I don't follow Jared Leto's band all that all that much or actually at all. I, I think it's what thirty seconds to Mars, right? But yep. outside of that, yeah, outside of that, I think he's a good actor, and he he deserves. A full length feature, a full length feature film to play the Clown Prince of Crime. Absolutely, and I and I want the Zack Snyder Justice League cut version. Absolutely, the one who wears a bulletproof vest of slain police officer badges. <laughs> That's just crazy. That's the it Joker, se- man. Yeah, that it seemed like he really um, like mod modded the character. A lot, because it didn't seem like the same kind of Joker that we saw. It seemed like he was a little bit more unhinged, a little bit more fucked up. Because even mm-hmm. look at some of his facial expressions, it just—it it, was—I I really like what he did there. I really did. And, and it, granted, it was only like a like the end scene, but it, it was definitely really powerful. You know? Yes, it was. It absolutely was powerful, and it leaves you on the edge. It leaves you wanting more. Damn it! That's why. As we wrap these thoughts up, just please, Warner Brothers, I implore you, give us David Ayer's cut of the movie. He's not going to talk about it anymore, but that doesn't mean the fans are going to clamor for it. You know, what is with, and I've said this time and time again, but what is it with the, um, just not, not, you know, letting the directors that you hired to make a movie just see their vision. And if they falter, it's their name. And I know it's your studio. I get that, but those are the risks you take, right? And it's their name on the film. They're going to rag them. You know, they're, they're the ones out in the public trying to defend it. So I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just, you can't hype things up the way things were hyped up with like Batman versus Superman to begin with, Suicide Squad, then the Justice League, and then you just pull the rug out from under us. So, yeah, release the air cut. Yeah, release the air cut. You know what? I completely forgot to mention to you, and we are so jumping around on today's podcast, but that's okay. That's 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 how 2021 is. Um, did you watch the full 18-minute video on the Galactic Star Cruiser for the Star Wars Hotel? I have not yet, but I am, I'm looking forward to, to watching it. Okay. I really, really want you to watch it, and I want to break it down on the next episode. I took some oh. notes. I, got, I was so stoked about it. There's a lot in there. Oh yeah, I, I definitely that I'm gonna do that after we're done today tonight. Awesome, awesome. Um, any last thoughts on anything we talked about today, good sir? Before I I, I uh, pump us on online and then give you the last word. Um, I'm gonna just reiterate what Jai Courtney said. Fuck Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um everybody please if you haven't already follow us on instagram at fourth mother box on for in the fourth mother box podcast you can find us and we share some things we find interesting and i let you know when the episodes are posted thank you for joining today and listening throughout the nonsense and the ramble and whatever the hell today turned out to be but i will be coming from you next time we do the fourth mother box from florida uh kyle i believe will still be in gotham city um to be determined but um, Kyle, was your was your last words of the day just reiterating what Jai Courtney said? No, it wasn't.
All right, but please, please, sir, it is all you. It is much more important that everybody knows this, is that desire becomes surrender and surrender becomes power.